Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Live and in charge, welcome into the Believe Texans podcast right here on the Believe Network. Everything you need to know about your daily dose of the Houston Texans. And we have an exciting show ahead today. The 1-0 Houston Texans will be traveling up to Cleveland to take on the red-hot offseason Browns. Can David Culley and this team find a way to upset one of the AFC top contenders? Can they continue to show that they are one of the teams maybe on the rise that people have slept on? But I can't get through this podcast alone, so I brought in a very special guest. You know him. You love him, Texans fans. Former Texans safety, Andre Hall. Andre, what's going on, man? How you doing today, bro? Thank you for having me on the show. I am so excited to have you on this. There is so much to talk about, but let's just talk about right now, early on with the Houston Texans. You're so close to the organization. I'm so close to the organization. You've seen some of the offseason moves. You've seen the hirings. You've seen some of the biggest names that were added this offseason. Let's just talk about David Culley real fast. This is a guy who has been in the NFL for a very long time, 28 years, never been a coordinator, never been that next head coach in waiting kind of style but instead, he has coached with some of the best. John Harbaugh, Andy Reid. The list goes on and on and on throughout his career. And players seem to gravitate to his message. When you were in the locker room and just throughout your time, when you were in college at Vanderbilt, when you were in the pros as well, how important was it to have a coach that you just want to play for? You want to go into battle with every single day? Because when you did that, it kind of made it easier for those games when either you were losing or you were kind of in a knit and grit kind of tight battle. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. The coach, the coach is, is is a big part of the of the game. Like, they don't, they don't get no credit how how big a part they they are in the game because, uh, like when all the band we had Coach James Franklin, he he turned our whole program around just, just just by his his character, his demeanor. Like he he turned he turned it all around just the way he acted, and we we we, we kind of took on his demeanor too. Like, okay, yeah, we are ready to play now. So um, I think a coach a coach is a big a big deal for a, a program or a NFL team, definitely for sure. And then when you look at the addition of like Tyrod Taylor, the, a guy who's been a journeyman, kind of filling in for that Deshaun Watson situation right now. We, we don't have a lot of time to get into that, but we do have enough time to talk about how Taylor and in his first game really balled out. You know, everyone kind of doubted him. Everyone kind of threw him to the side. 32-year-old journeyman, not that big of a deal. But those were 289 yards, builds that nice rapport with the wide receivers, especially Brandon Cooks deep downfield, shows off a little bit of those mechanics, a little bit of mobility. When you have that veteran presence just in the locker room and people have seen what he's gone through and what he's done in the NFL, how much as a teammate do you want to play for him every single snap? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I always thought he was a good player. Even, even when I played him, I thought he was a good player. But uh, he, he, he's taking off with Houston right now. He's playing real good right now. But um, I, I think it's a big deal for you to like, like kind of come come all everybody come towards the quarterback and like really really push him to be better. I think, I think, I think the team really doing going to going, going, be on their side, being on this team to really push him to be better. Yeah, I 100% agree with all that. And let's go ahead and start previewing what we saw last week. Now, this was a very good game by the Houston Texans secondary. As a secondary member, you kind of saw this. Last season, three total interceptions for Houston. This was a team that was not able to create a lot of takeaways. But this year alone, against Trevor Lawrence, the incumbent next, Andrew Luck, John Elway, all pro next, already in Canton. Let's get the bus ready. Three interceptions in his debut that already matches Houston's record for 2020. When you look at what Lovey Smith has done for this defense, and more so what he's done with the new Tampa Two style kind of front, how beneficial is that? And what did you notice about these secondary players as they were playing coverage? 
Yeah, man, they played really well. Uh, you know, I, I, I played with Justin Reed. You know, that's my boy, so I, I know I know him very well. He played he played a really good game. I'm, I'm very very proud of him. He's getting better. He, he he's getting a bit, bit better player. And um, I, I played with uh Terrence Mitchell too, so I know him really well too. So uh, those guys are playing really well right now. I hope hope they keep on going. Hope they keep on going steady. Now, when you look at this up, upcoming matchup, you know, you have Baker Mayfield. He's one of the rising names at the position. Probably, I would say, if not top 10 quarterback in the NFL, top 15. He has a very good balance of working with the deep ball, not afraid to take some shots, but also can move the ball really smoothly across the middle of the field. When you're a defensive back, seeing that in coverage and going up against guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, more of a burner on the vertical side, uh, Rashad Higgins, more of a possessional receiver, uh, a Jarvis Landry, that slot shifty guy who is going to make you miss the line of scrimmage to where he gets his yards really more so after the catch, getting that Mm -hmm. four-yard route and then going for 11, 12, 13 yards after the play. What goes through your mindset when you're trying to go ahead and cover these guys? And, and when more so importantly, when you look at the coverage right now, when you're facing up against a certain guy, if one person does this better, do you have the game plan differently? Um, definitely. Um, I think that they can get some good uh, cornerbacks right now. They 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 they, feel like they can cover man to man pretty good, and that's like, that's like the main point to cover man to man, be tight on your guy. Yeah, that's, that's that's the best thing they, they can do right now. Really be tight on your guys and really be. Cover just covering just covering them real tight, and then when you look at um, let's go ahead and talk about just uh, the the loss of Odell Beckham Jr. This is a guy who, when he first got to Cleveland, had a thousand yards, had one of the better seasons of his career. Ever since, really been hampered by injuries. Still kind of coming off in the ACL. When you see that on the injury report and this early into the season, okay, we're not going to play him. We're not going to risk him. Does that give you as a defense a bit of confidence that they're losing their number one receiver and maybe that they, you have to rely on their number three to step up and play the number two role, their number two to step up and play the number one role, the tight ends to be a little bit more effective? Does that really help you, or does that give you like that extra boost of confidence? Yeah, that gives you some confidence because Oda Beckham is a great player. So you, if you don't got to play this, you know you, you're very happy about that because he, he's one of the best, best receivers in the league right now. So you, you got to cut him off the cut him off the, cut him off the, from, from the field right now. So – you 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 really you really you pretty much winning right now because he he's not playing so you got a good chance to win the game. I 100% agree with that. But then you also got to look at this from the defensive side of the ball with the trenches. So remember, this is the number one offensive line in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus from last year. They were able to ground and pound that ball, uh, you know, running it. They also did a very good job in pass protection with guys like Wyatt Teller coming over from Buffalo and having a breakout year. Jack Conklin coming over from Tennessee and really thriving at that right tackle role. And then going in, adding Jedrick Wills from Alabama with the number 10 pick, coming in immediately and playing that left tackle spot when you look at this from a defensive line perspective when you have such a balanced approach on the offensive line what are some nicks and knacks that probably you're looking for to try and get into the backfield and add pressure to baker oh uh, you're trying to get some some scheme going on you gotta get some scheme going on against those, those great linemen like that um i feel like you gotta have, have the right coach to kind of get you in the right position to get you to play well and play fast and play and play strong and be real physical with those guys now, when you look also at the running backer, that's another big, big thing that you got to consider. These are two of probably the best top 10 running backs in the NFL with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Both are also going to be signed through at least 2024. So they're going to be there for a hot minute. This is the bread and butter of what Kevin Stefanski loves to run. And you saw it when he was in Minnesota, was not afraid to run the ball with Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. Was not afraid to do it again with the Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. It's the same thing. They love to move the ball 
What have you seen from these two running backs and how they played that yin and yang role? One power, one speed, one a little bit more versatile with the hands, one really good in pass protection sets. And how do you game plan to try and guard both these guys? Yeah, there are two good backs. Um, probably, probably some of the best backs in the league right now. And um, it's credit to, uh, to Cleveland for getting those two guys to get them put put them in the right position to play well like that. But uh, I feel like you got like you got to have a good game plan against against those guys. It's just it's just a to kind of game plan against those guys just to win the game. Because, like, if you don't game plan against those guys, they're they going to they kill you. Exactly. So, so, so then, like, that's the biggest thing is that you were able to see against Kansas City this past Kansas City is no defense not to sleep on. They, they, they may not be at that same elite level as you talk about with the Washington football teams or the L.A. Rams or maybe even the Houston Texans with three turnovers. You never know with them. So you got to consider that. 5.5 yards per run by both of these players. That's basically you're setting yourself up for a second and five. You're picking up a, a first down on a third and four. You're consistently controlling the clock and the time of possession. How beneficial is it to get into that backfield and add pressure to make Baker have a throw downfield? Well, you, that's, something, that's something you have to do because you, if you let them run the ball in your all game, they're they, they definitely going to beat you. So you got you to make, make them throw the ball, make, make um, the quarterback. What, what's his name again? Which one, uh, Kareem Baker or yeah, be a big, big make for you got yeah, yeah, make 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 throw the ball more and uh just just kind of stop the run. That's, that's all. That's all. All you really can do is stop the run and make them make them throw the ball more often. Now, when you look at the defense side of the football, so for, let's just go ahead and turn our attention to what you are probably best known as. They added arguably one of the most underrated players in the NFL right now, and John Johnson the third at that strong safety role. From what you've seen from him over time, just what you saw from him when you were playing, coming up from Boston College, what is it about him that makes him so challenging to get off blocks, to not be able to have him play the run, to basically eliminate him from the play, whether it's in coverage or whether it's in uh, trying to go ahead and run the ball up the middle? I guess you got to protect me with your other guys. You got to kind of – like. I think I think Jeff Reed is one of the best players in the league right now. He he he's really good right now. He's playing really well right now. And uh just kind of cover him with, with Justin. Let Justin play most most of the down most of the down safety positions and let him be be the guy to be more physical and stuff like that. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Now uh, the other thing that's really kind of picked up a lot and it's been a big thing for Lovey's defense, it's been a big thing for Joe Woods' defense, is that nickel cornerback position. That is no longer viewed as an extra 12th man player. That is now viewed as a starter. People will love to play the nickel because the NFL is turning into such a pass eccentric game. And you look at two of the best ones of the game right now, arguably Desmond King for the Houston Texans. And then you look at Troy Hill for the Cleveland Browns. When you were playing and the nickel position was kind of just rising up, they basically use it as that extra run support guy, really good zone cover corner. How has that position really changed in lives, in your opinion? Oh, like you said, they, 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 they throw the ball way more often now nowadays. So you really got to be have, have a good player in that position, a, a smart player that, that, that knows the defense, that knows everything about the defense. So you got to have a smart guy in that position for sure. So when you look at the uh, other side, you there is a player that used to be a Houston Texan. You know him very well, and his name is Jadavian Clowney, former number one overall pick, now is a member of the Cleveland Browns. When you were playing and you were in practice and you were working with Bill O'Brien, you were working with um, Romeo Cornell and that style of defense, what was it that just stood out so much about Jadavian Clowney? Uh, he, he just, he's, he just, he's, so, he's so physical, man. He's so strong. He's so big. He's just capable of doing pretty much anything that he wants to do. And I think that that's probably one one of the best attributes to be be, be be so so athletic. And he was really athletic. Like God couldn't even block him sometimes. Like he was just that that athletic. So yeah, he he's really good. And then when you think about this, 
he has maybe not been the best pass rusher in the NFL, but he is an elite run stopper. He has graded out the last three straight years as a top five run stopper in the NFL. On the contrary, you have Miles Garrett, one of the elite pass rushers in the NFL, who's a little bit struggled with run support. When you have a combination like that, one side where you know you're basically not going to be able to run the ball whatsoever because if G- number 90 is going to be clocking you down and beating you at the line of the punch, and then you have number 95 on the other side, physical pass rusher, adding pressure left and right. What does that do if you're, if you're looking at this from a team's perspective? Man, it's, it's, it's great, man, been, been having those two guys. It's like how we had we had Javion Collins, we had uh, J.J. Watt at the same time. Like, J.J. Watt was better passing the passing rusher or better, better rushing the passer. And then Clown was like, say, he's the run stop. So they, 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 they were good together. Cause like they'll run the ball on one side and Clown would be there to stop him. Then they'll throw the ball in the next play. And then JJ Watt would be one sacking him. So that, that was a good, uh, good people to, to play together. Like they're just a, a kind of just a, a great tandem. So when you look at the Texans secondary right now, they're going to be running a lot of either 12 man or thir- I mean, they're going to be running a lot of either 11 man or really 13 man personnel. This is where one of the few teams in the NFL that loves to run 13 man personnel. They have three tight ends that are very talented, Harrison Bryant, uh, David Njoku, and then they added in Austin Hooper. When you look at that, and let's just talk about Justin Reed, a guy who is a little bit more of the physical safety. He does a little bit of everything, but he can play that physical role. When you're looking at a 13-man personnel, how do you line up in the secondary personally? Or how do you think it works the best? Really, you got to come down and, and play those tight ends like man-to-man, play, play them real closely because you can't just let them run around and catch the balls all, all game. So you got to really play tight. You got to be, be down on line scrims with those guys and play, play them real tight. So Lovey Smith also kind of talked about this earlier in the week, and this may just be a coach's thing in general. He says that when you have the lead, when you are leading, it's easier to play a little bit more zone. You're able to give a little bit more of a cushion. When you don't have the lead, you have to play man. Was that just something that has been taught from you throughout the throughout your entire days in high school and college in the NFL? Is that really like a defensive-minded perspective? We have got to play man. We have got to put pressure on them. But the more we play offensively, we can give them a little bit of a cushion because then if the ball is a little bit late, we can jump the route. We can go ahead and we can play a little bit more in a cushion area. We don't have to worry about certain players going which way or not. Was that really like kind of a code for most defense coordinators? Yeah, definitely. You know, like if you got if you got a lead in the game, you're definitely not trying to press the press the whole time. Like you're definitely trying to sit back and, and let, the, let let the offense kind of do they do they do they want to do it and, and react to it. But when you lose, you got you got you got you got to react to them. You got you got to kind of send some blitzes, be man to man pressures, like stuff like that to kind of, I guess even 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 the score out. You know what I mean? Because if they they up right now, they they gonna they gonna keep on going up on you. You got you got that's why you got to stop. You got to stop them. That's why you got to be man to man and send some blitzes, send some blitzes down too. Dre, I got to get your opinion on this. Who is the one player on defense that you think will need to have a big game for Houston to be able to be successful against Baker Mayfield and against this offense? I think Justin Reed. I think he he, he, he needs to play real well against against uh, Baker Mayfield. He, he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Now, I don't want to give your score prediction. I know that you're close to the team. You don't have to if you don't feel like it. But if you were to say going into this game, let's just go with this. It's a 12-and-a-half-point spread. 12 and a half points is a little disrespectful for a team that just beat the Keister off of Jacksonville and also was the second highest scoring offense in the NFL for week one. You got to take the under with this one, right? I mean, even win, lose, doesn't matter. You got to take the under, right? Yeah, they, 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 they looked really good last game. I, 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 I'm not like, I, I was surprised that they played so well. I was, I was really surprised they played so well. So uh, I think they, think they have a good season, good season this year, really. Listen, I love the addition of what David Culley has done. I think that what you've seen from the likes of 
uh, Lovey Smith and how he's fixed this 30th ranked defense, really kind of transferred them around. There's a big emphasis on takeaways. At some point, you got to feel like you got to put the helmet back on and go back out there. Number 29's got to be flying. <laughs> Maybe, man. I, I do. I do. I, 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 I really like that team. I really like the head coach. He's a real, real cool guy. I met him one time. Really cool guy. And he he really for the team. So I'm, I'm really proud he's there. We got Andre Hall right here on the Believe Texans podcast. Andre, this was so great. I am excited. I cannot wait to have you back on in the future. Let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter because everybody needs to know where their favorite homegrown safety of the Houston Texans is. Yeah, you follow me at DreHow29 on Twitter, or on Twitter and Instagram, DreHow29. D-R-E-H-A-L 29, and uh, just follow me. There you go. You're going to get a lot of followers on this. The Believe Texans podcast is going to help you grow, and you're going to help us grow. We cannot be more excited for that. Special thanks to my main man, Andre Howe, for coming on the podcast and talking with us. Now let's get into my final three thoughts of what you have to do if you want to beat the Cleveland Browns. Number one, you got to eliminate the run game. I don't care who you are, what you believe, what you think. Running backs matter, and they matter for a Kevin Stefanski offense more than anything else. When you watched every single play during his time in Minnesota, they would run the ball. They would run it consistently, they would run it early, they would run it often, and they would make it be an X factor. They have two running backs, guys who can work very well yin and yang off each other. One in Kareem Hunt, one who is known for speed, one who is known for a little bit more agility, the other power, great brute strength, and also got a little bit of Jody himself and Nick Chubb. Both of these two can work pound for pound, snap for snap, play after play after play, and keep drives alive. More importantly, running down the clock, putting pressure on Houston to score, try to extend plays with the arm, and that's maybe something that Tyrod Taylor might not be as good against this week than he was last week. Now, the other thing you got to be able to do you have to be able to pressure Baker Mayfield. That's just the reality of it. Any quarterback that can feel the pressure automatically is going to be in a little bit of trouble. But at the same time, you have to be able to eliminate some of his receivers. So that means pressure in a lot of different ways. Everyone always thinks it means, oh, I got to add pressure like I'm a pass rusher. No, you have to add pressure, meaning he has to be off his rhythm. He has to be off his psyche. He has to be off of his overall mechanics. Those are areas where you look on film, where you look on paper, that is where you have to find your success. And number three, the biggest one of all, you got to control the clock. I am a big proponent of this. I have said this for a long time and I believe it's true. The winner of time of possession, nine out of 10 times, walks away with the win. Houston loves to run the football. There was multiple times, 41 plays last week against Jacksonville. 41, where you were able to see drive after drive after drive after drive after drive end with points, but they also were ending four minutes, 450, 520, 411, 330. They were controlling the ball. They were forcing Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence to try to make up for lost time. Not only were they winning with points, they were winning at the time of the clock. That is so important. If you win the time of possession, nine times out of 10, you walk away a little bit stronger, a little bit more balanced, I would say, and probably a little bit more in favor of your own staff. So my predictions, I believe Houston beats the spread. I do. 12 and a half is way too high, especially for a team with a defense that is taking time to mold, taking time to mesh, taking time to really find its rhythm. Keep in mind Nine new defensive starters for the Cleveland Browns. Nine new defensive starters. What? That's a lot. That's going to take 
multiple games, multiple weeks to figure things out. So I do think Houston wins in that aspect. As for the win-loss column, there's a reason why Cleveland is viewed as a playoff contending AFC champion team and Houston is just lucky to get a win here or there. So at the end of the day, I think Houston loses. I think when you look on paper, more than on paper, when you just look around the NFL and you look at what the NFL is doing, how they're passing the ball, it plays really well in Cleveland's favor. And I think Cleveland walks away with a victory. They are going to be one and one. Houston's going to be one and one. But Houston does make it convincing. I think you bet the under 12 and a half is just way too high against this Houston team. That's going to do it for this edition of the Believe Texans podcast. Let me know what you think. Comment down below. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasting systems, iTunes, Spotify, and much, much more. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week to break down the win, the loss, whatever happened to this Texans team. See you soon. And remember, we are Texans. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.